A new year creates an opportunity for a fresh start, almost like a reset, both personally and professionally. But what's the best way to ensure you're creating a plan for success and not failure? On this episode of Range of Influence, we'll be looking at creating a plan and achievable goals for you and your business in the year ahead. Welcome everyone to the ROI podcast or range of influence brought to you by Premier Networks. I'm Russell Hodney, president and CEO of the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce here with a very interesting and exciting new series that we're calling a new you in 22. This is going to be a four part series uh, and we're starting with part one today uh, with our friend Katie Wynn from Dynamic Consulting. And as always, I'm sitting here with uh, my friend and co-host, Reagan Williams, who's past chair of the chamber and also the senior vice president of Maybaum Real Estate. Reagan? Russ, the conversation that we're going to have today, I expect, will be incredible and transformative for so many of our listeners. You know, Katie is a really easygoing and relatable person with a very energetic style. Uh, she's a native of Augusta, has got children here, she goes to church here, she's, she's really connected to the Augusta community, but she works with companies all over the country to include Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Uber, and the list goes on and on. And the insight I think that she brings uh, to, uh, you know, how to transform your life, how to set up, uh, you know, a, some big goals for 2022 for your business and, and, and your, you personally uh, is, is really fantastic. So I think the exciting thing that we're going to hear today is how can we have a new us going into the next year? It's going to be a great conversation. It's one that we've even utilized Katie for the Chamber's board retreat to kind of help guide us through the next five years of the Chamber. And the exercises that she went through were, were incredible for our organization, and I think we're going to see the lasting impacts of that. And so the principles that she's going to share with us today, uh, you're going to want to listen to. And we're going to get right to that conversation right after this spot from our presenting sponsor, Premier Networks. Premier Networks is the premier information technology and cybersecurity firm in the CSRA. You have enough to worry about for your business. Leave it to the Augusta IT guys to ensure your IT is done right. No ironclad contracts, no fine print, just fast, reliable technology from an experienced customer-centric team, locally owned. Call for a free cyber assessment because in 2021, IT has to be right. Premier Networks, the official IT partner of the Augusta Green Jackets. Welcome to the studio, Katie. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So we're doing a little something different from our normal programming here on Range of Influence podcast. We're doing a four-part series on a better you in 22. And if you're listening to this beyond 2022, it should still apply, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we brought in Katie Wynn. Uh, she's with Dynamic Consulting to kind of give us a little bit of a uh, base to start. And really that's planning, planning ahead for a successful year, really. So why don't we just start with you, Katie? Why don't you give us a little bit of your background? How did you get into this? And uh, how did you find this passion to do what you do? Yes. Well, I love this topic. I love this theme. And I really started in this particular field, working in this kind of work about 15 years ago. I uh, was living in Seattle at the time and fell into the world of sort of 
corporate psychology and thinking about how can we be better in terms of our personal growth and then how can we work better with individuals and teams. Um, I've worked with companies all over the globe, Google, Uber, Microsoft, um, a little bit with Amazon, really traveled all over. And then about five years ago, I decided I was going to dedicate more time, more resources towards my local community, founded this firm called Dynamic Consulting, where our mission is to spark transformative growth in teams and individuals. And so with that, that comes from everything from knowing yourself better, knowing who you work with better, and knowing where you want to go. Um, so this, I think this conversation would fall in that third bucket, you know, where do you want to go and how are you going to get there? You have to make that a priority to think through that. And it takes time and it takes effort, but it is so worth it to dig into that. So you've been working with mainly just startups, Google right. and yes. little, I love little the small startup. companies. You know. Yeah. I love just, the startups. You know. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. So you've brought with us today, um, a list top five things do you want to kind of just dive into that and then we can pick them apart a little bit from there sure yeah so I, I kind of did this from a lens of both what I've seen um, with clients and then well as as well as personally what I've experienced myself um, so we'll just dive in I think the number one thing you start with in terms of setting goals and if you're thinking about 2022 is just to think big I think what people do is they think small you know, they want to grow sales by 5% or they want to, um, you know, hire one more person to make something better or it's just small little micro things. So I think then if you can think big and really spend time writing it down, visualizing what would the ideal scenario look like. We did this with the chamber recently where it thought if money, if time were no resource or the resources were not an issue, what would we do? And you have to start there so that you can figure out, well, gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. But if you just are focused on kind of what's right in front of you, you lose sort of what could be. So I think that's the number one thing. Go big. Yeah. Go big with your goals. What do you think some of the fears that people have, especially in team environments and in a company, to not think big, right? So it, it sounds, when you say that, think big, it sounds like, Hey, we could do that. do that. Yeah. But people don't. We know that. Uh, so, so what stops people from thinking big and, and staying in that small thought? Yeah, I think there's sort of there can be an imposter syndrome. Like, well, I don't, I don't deserve that, or there's no way I could do that. I mean, that somebody else could do that, but I can't do that. Um, so no one's going to support me in that. Um, if I say that, people are going to scoff. Like, what? You, you really think we could do that? I don't know. Um, and then it, it's, there's a vulnerability there of putting yourself out there saying, I want to go for this. And I, I think that's really what it comes down to, just those mental barriers that you don't actually think you can do it. Well, I see that certainly people, um, you know, don't want to put themselves out there uh, to commit to something that they might not think is possible, even though they, they wish it could, could be. be. Yes. Right. So they wish it to be. Do, do you have any, um, you know, strategies for somebody to kind of build upon to say, if I'm going to think big, these are some things I've got to do to maybe mentally prepare for that or to do some things to help me to be comfortable to step out there in faith? Yeah, I think you have to write it down. You have to take your thoughts and put them on paper and let, like sometimes people will use a mind map where you put one, one subject down and then you start drawing arrows on that paper. And it's really better if you write it down 
when you're sitting with someone else, having a conversation about it. Because just like what we're doing right now, I can come up with a list and I can share it and I've thought about it. But as soon as we start talking about it, more things come out. So if you write it down in conjunction with talking about it with someone else, then you will move forward even more than you thought that you would. I mean, it's just, so yeah, I think just those two simple things can make such a difference in thinking big. Do you think it helps in a team environment to seek validation from your peers in a, in a group to say, this is my big thought, guys, what do you think? Uh, to, to not always fear that that, that that might not be a good idea, just to throw it out there. Is, is peer validation something that helps you to think bigger, or is that something that sometimes keeps you in the box? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think it can be both. So I think that conversation would be best done intentionally, like especially if it's more than just one person. You know, this is why I want to share this with you. This is what I'm thinking. I'd love your feedback. Um, this is hard for me to even put it out there. Whatever you want to say, but be intentional about that, not just at the end of a two-hour meeting say, oh, yeah, you know, I had another thought. What if we did this? And people are tired, they're hungry, they're ready to go. So that, I think, is best done with intention. You talked about kind of your next point. Uh, why don't you uh, introduce that? Yeah, so this one I love. This one I've experienced personally where you ask yourself in order to think big is number one, but then to get specific. Specific is key. So to get specific, you ask yourself this clarifying question that I pulled out of um, The One Thing, a great book by Gary Keller, um, that talks about what is the one thing that I can do that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? And so we, I did this with my husband on the way home from the beach, not intentionally. I mean, like, it, it probably wasn't the best timing. But I asked, I was reading the book, and it, I just thought, well, this is an interesting question. Let me ask him. And so I turned, and I said, what's the one thing that would make everything easier or unnecessary for us? And he said it would be to get rid of our debt. And so I said, okay, you know, okay. I was kind of looking for something else. So literally, that started uh, – what I thought was going to be a five-year journey, it turned into a one-and-a-half-year journey because we kicked it way faster than um, I thought because we went big. And it changed our, the trajectory of our entire life. So that was so powerful. Just recently, um, another consultancy that I work with a lot asked this question, and they were in their sort of 2022 team-building, goal-setting uh, workshop for themselves. And they asked this, and the number one thing they came up with was we need more people facilitating our work so that we can go get more clients, so that we can um, design more content. But if we're always the one teaching, then we can't be doing that. And so they, um, they decided their one thing right now was to hire more people. So then that all their resources for the next month went towards hiring more people. My husband had made him do this for his business. He has a financial advising firm, and his one thing is research because he wants to be the expert in the stocks that he's picking. And so he knows that if he's researching, then he is confident and everything else can kind of fall into place. But the research has to be the one thing. So I think you can do it in all areas of life. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't have any big sales targets, you know, you can do it for your health. You can do it for your relationships. You can do it for your job, your business. If you ask yourself, what is the one thing I can do in each of those areas, it's really interesting what you can figure out in terms of being specific with where you're going. Is it helpful to have just the one thing, right? So you've got a clarifying question to find the one thing. Yeah. I, I would and imagine, I would imagine, right, a lot of people, you know, struggle to get to one thing. It's 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 really 10 things. It's 20 things that they, they're 
wrestling with and trying to figure out like what is one thing is it important to 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 get to one item i think it is i mean in terms of what is your number one priority and usually you just have to go through that exercise because it is 10 things and you have you have all these different buckets so it's not like you ignore but you do if you kind of look at your pie graph of your time you want to get to where you're allocating more time to that one thing you don't completely ignore everything else but you allocate more time more resources to that thing so the pie graph doesn't look evenly split it's like it's skewed oftentimes you know those 10 things have kind of maybe a common thread which all tie into like that one kind of common goal right 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 exactly and i think sometimes you, you've got these multiple things that you're concerned about or, or wish you could change or want to do things and, and some of them really are not as big as you think they are sometimes they require less time and something requires more focus, more focus. you've got to spend some time focusing on the things that i think will have the most transformative change in your life and and, that, and that's probably uh what we struggle with the most i would i think through both my career and personally and, and that is a struggle that you know i try to keep too many irons in the fire yeah. and I, I need maybe to take a few out and really concentrate on a couple specific things well, there's that whole grid um, that talks about that most of us spend our time on what's important and urgent. And we do pretty well with that. But it's the important, non-urgent work that we put off because it's not urgent. And we'd rather just tackle what we can tackle. But it's that important, non-urgent that really moves the needle, you know, cumulatively more. Well, so point number three. Yeah. Okay, I love point number three because this is live by priority, okay? And so the, the, the practical takeaway from living by priority in 2022, look at your calendar and block off your vacation. So I did this for the first time last year, and we actually went, um, we scheduled our, our boys went to camp for four weeks, which is a long time. We both own our own businesses, my husband and I, and I said, I want to go to camp. And so what that ended up looking like was we went and lived in Greenville for three weeks. We were in an Airbnb. We worked there, but we lived there. Like it was, uh, and so much came out of that. You know, you get inspired by walking around places like even right, like what you have here. Uh, We ate at new places. We walked more. So then your physical health. Anyway, it was great. But I literally planned that January 1st. I put it on the calendar. And I've never done that before. And then as the inch step, I thought, are we really doing this? Are we really doing this? You know, there are a lot of reasons not to do it. But because it had been put on the calendar, then I executed. But if I hadn't have put it on the calendar, it would have inch forward, inch forward. Well, we already we always said we were going to go live somewhere else, you know. And I don't ever want to move from Augusta. The goal is not that. It was just that I wanted to just be in a different environment. And that would... That's like a value. We can get into that later, what your values are. So very practically, take your calendar, time block your vacations. Well, I think that's true. I mean, every every vacation that I've ever been on, I mean, I went to Ireland and you just such a different experience when you're out of your element and you experience different things and you absorb that and, and it shapes kind of the way or some of the, the different things that you take back and, and inspires you. What I'm also getting from your point, you know, live by priority and schedule those things that are important to you is sometimes the buildup, the anticipation of those types of experiences that you're looking forward to affect your daily life and what you're doing to, to get there. 
Um, and so I know when, when we do that, um, you know, being Augusta, mm-hmm. we rent our house up for masters. We always do a big trip. Um, and so our family for months, we anticipate this trip. And I, I think if you build your, your year around specific milestones, whether it's a vacation or uh, some other kind of milestone event that you're, that you're building around, to, to it, it affects you in a way that you don't really realize for that for that a long time period more so than just a trip to ireland right, right. that's transformative yeah. but i mean those kinds of experiences i think in, in building that anticipation is important yes well and your point around masters is a good one we kind of have a gift living in augusta where everything supports you taking advantage of that week our whole community rallies around that but for the rest of the year, it's up to you kind of to figure it out. I mean, we have summer, but we work during the summer. Christmas, holidays, it's like you have to decide what's important. What do you want to take off? And that takes effort to think through, well, when do I want to take a vacation? Or when do, or even when I drove up today and saw the Columbia County Performing Arts, I thought, arts are so important to me. I need to go look at the calendar, pick out what I want to go to, and literally put it on my calendar. Because what will happen otherwise? I'll say, oh, that, I wish I had gone to that. You yeah. know, that's really important to me, but I never, I know, I don't have time. You know, well, yes, you do have time. You just have to prioritize it over something else. And so the more proactive you are with that. So basically, I've gotten it down to the first six months of the year. I haven't yet gotten it down to time lacking the entire year. Um, but that's my goal for 2022. Because I did well from January to July, and I really want to get the entire year in. Well, I think what you said is something that everybody struggles with is this claim that I think is totally wrong is that I don't have time. Yeah. Um, but you do have time if you just schedule it, right? If you just put it, <laughs> you know, on your calendar and uh, and you make time for it, you you find that you have a lot more time. And we deal with that. I mean, we got two small kids. And everybody does. <laughs> Seems like right now and time gets sucked up in your life if you don't plan. And so, you know, we've got so many children's activities that just run us ragged. And if yeah. we don't put it on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Uh, and and I, that's a big takeaway for me is is live by priority in a way that we schedule what we want to do. Because yes. if we don't do that, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And to your point earlier about resistance, I think certain people have more resistance to scheduling than others. Like some people love a schedule and they love a calendar, love it. Some people, I don't want to be locked in. You know, I don't want to do that. So there, I just say that because if you're listening and you're someone that says, I don't want to schedule that, you know, I don't want to just try one thing, one thing that's a priority and put it on your calendar because it, otherwise it just moves by you and then you miss it and it was something that you'll look back on your life and you'll say, well, that was important to me and I never made time for it. Well, it, that's a good point. The resistance to, you know, a schedule for some is tough. And the, the idea for others that I would just be spontaneous yeah. is like, you know, a total foreign right, thing. Exactly. And, I, and I think yeah. individually in our lives, whether it be around our family or our church, it's important to, to, to have someplace in the middle where you can both schedule and be good and be um, intentional about scheduling your life out and your priorities. And also being able to be a bit spontaneous yes. and things like that. Yeah. I think about the business world and that, you know, oftentimes we can uh, overschedule. Mm-hmm. I look a lot of times at we just pack everything in and we've got, you know, parties and events and all these kind of things planned out for the next two years. I know I look at my our you know, calendar sketch and it gets a little bit crazy. 
and we lose that middle that that middle place where we don't have any time left to be a bit spontaneous. Do do you think that there's the, the question is this? Do you think that there's a place where we could kind of overplan it? Yeah, I do. And even with that, I mean, that can go back to that question of which of these, which one thing is the most important of all these events? You know, which are we getting a return from? Are we just doing this because we think we should? You know, you can even... Or it's always been done, so we have to do it. it's always been done. Yes, yes. But if you go back and you look at it and analyze all those things that are taking up time on your calendar, there probably could be a lot to be gleaned from that. That's a common theme in the chamber world for sure is, you know, it's the whole, you know, well, that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. It, that, that theme is pervasive everywhere in the true. chamber, in your uh, business, true. in your church, in our family. It's like we, we've got – there's just things that you've kind of always done that, you know, you look back at and like, why do we even still do this and is there a better way? I, I remember in particular, Russ, before you got to the chamber, you know, we went through an, an exercise, much like we went through recently with Katie in the board retreat, where we looked at kind of, you know, what are the sacred cows? And what's not? And so we reduced the programs by about 25% because there were just things that we were doing that had really no purpose and it was taxing to the staff and it really didn't bring any revenue. There's all these kind of things that just it provided no benefit. So we got rid of stuff. And that's probably important in our own lives to look at things and say, you know, what are we doing that's just draining us that has no benefit? Just to conclude on this point, we are so quick to, to build a schedule for our for our professional life, but it's so hard for us to kind of do the same thing for our personal life. You know, it's like you, like you said, you know, Reagan, you know, you're running from one sporting event to another, you know, child event. I, you know, we've got three kids, five and under, and it's like uh, that world is coming for me. And if, you know, my wife and I don't plan it right, you know, we're going to just be in that rat race of, you know, chasing kids from one event to another. But again, to your point, Katie, Put it on your calendar and strategically plan around that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a rat race. That's right. Or And you then have to say no to something else that comes up on that calendar at that time, which you would have said yes to by default. You probably would have been happy to go. It's fine. But is it the thing that's really moving the needle in your purpose-filled life? And that's a whole other podcast. Yes. The, the power of the word no. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So few people take advantage of that yeah so we got through three, three points, points right why don't we okay. uh, hit number four so the fourth one is kind of a build off of point number two where um and the one thing it talks about goal setting to the now so you take that one big thing you know where you want to go and maybe you, you know it's going to take you five years to get there so you have your five year and then you back it back down okay so well then what do i need to do in the next year to get there and then what do I need to do this month to get there, this week, and then today? And that exercise sounds daunting, but it really doesn't take that much time. I mean, usually it's pretty obvious. I did this in Leadership Augusta, and someone stood up. We did it at 8 a.m. just quickly, like a quick goal-setting session. And um, someone stood up. They were about to launch a capital campaign. And so she knew where she wanted to be in five years. She said where she wanted to be in a year, a month this week. And so what can I do right now? Right now I can announce that I'm about to launch a capital campaign and I want all of your support. You know, so I mean, it was, it was, it's easier than it sounds. And I think that also allows you to think about where are you focusing your time? And so when you think about 2022, 
you know, I don't know. What are, what do I want to do? Well, go back to your, think about where you want to be. If you've thought big, then break it down, then break it down, break it down, break it down. So again, that's supporting that whole idea of being specific, but also thinking big. So yeah, just a simple, simple, but powerful exercise. No, it, that you're speaking my language. That's exactly how I goal plan, okay. uh, how, how I teach my team uh, to goal plan is you, how do you set a goal if you don't know where you're going, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, going on a road trip. I mean, you've got to know the in the final destination and yeah. then know exactly the steps to get there. Um, I mean, it's the, it's the old adage, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time, right? Right, and so right. you know that the goal at a certain time is to accomplish this one big task. If you're talking about think big or your one thing, right, I know that's the end goal and that might be five years from now that we're going to accomplish this. Like you set your your five year goal of yeah. tackling your debt, yeah. right? But you know that you have to do specific things along the way. Um, and I, I find it interesting when people uh, try to start from the beginning. Yeah. Right. They start from like, what do I need to do to now? And they don't really know where they're going to end up. And so, I mean, you know, that whole concept of, you know, set that goal out and then work backwards is the best way to do it. And do you find that when you're working with your team that it works, people get it once you, once they internal, I mean, what well, is that uh, like? yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, sometimes the goals are, are really big. It's, it's a daunting task. Yeah. You know, you think about what you want to try to accomplish. Uh, and if you're talking about maybe a sales goal of increasing your sales by 25% and you look at the, the dollar amount or the types of the a number of transactions that you have to accomplish to get there, it can be massive. But if you break that down into this is what I have to do on an annual basis, this is what I have to do every month, this is what I have to just do every week, every day I just need to accomplish this one right. small thing. Yep. And if I do this repetitively and if I'm consistent with it, over time I'm going to hit my goal. Uh, and so that's what we talk about a lot. And, and I think everybody could probably you know, take something from that to say this is a big goal. If I just break it down into small pieces, I can, I can hit it. Well – and there's something about leading and lagging indicators, which I think people get confused. I get confused about this. Like, okay, let's say I have a goal of hitting a certain number. But then, so what am I measuring? And I think really you're measuring the action you have to take to get to that number. Or like weight, you know? Like, okay, let's say the scale isn't moving like you want it to move if you're trying to lose weight. But you have to stay focused on what you're going to do to get there. So maybe it's that you need to drink three glasses of water a day or you need. So it's like you measure that and you get down to this is the action I'm going to continue to take. Even if I don't see the indicator moving on the number, you still stay committed to your goal of what the action you have to take. Does that, you know, and I think yeah. people get confused about that because it's like, wait, am I measuring the number or am I measuring what I'm doing? And I think you have to stay focused on what you're doing and the discipline of that and then you you eventually see that indicator of of that discipline no you're exactly right because a lot of the team that i, I coach in some of this uh stuff on goal setting is specifically that it is the actions that you take right it's yeah. it's you know we care less i mean the numbers are very important but you kind of care less about um you know that number that you're hitting as long as you are taking the consistent action we know statistically in the data that yeah. drives that, that if you do X, Y will happen. And so stop concentrating so much on Y. You need to concentrate on your actions yeah. and you will get there over time. And so, you know, I think it helps you to understand if you're looking at it from that perspective that, you know, we're an instant gratification kind of world right now. So, right. 
you know, if I don't get the, the instant success in my five-year goal plan, if I don't get instant success, then I'm going to quit. Uh, and if you, if you know that this is broken down to a daily task yeah. uh, and I just have to be consistent daily, just do my task daily, th then I can get there. I think that helps a lot. And I think, too, I always kind of like long-term planning, you know, to me it's I always kind of have this analogy sort of of like a road trip, you know, you don't get in your car and just randomly, you know, you have an end right. goal, right? Right. And then you, you know, you have little turns in yeah. along the way to get you there, but you have a goal. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very easy for people to just kind of in their, their professional life, they're like, okay, I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to do this. this. Exactly. You know, but that's like getting in the car, turning on the car and just driving down the road without having any destination. Right. You're just making turns and you're going to end up going in circles as opposed to actually going yeah, somewhere. Yeah, which when you paint that visual, it sounds like my worst nightmare. You right. Know? Like, who right? wants to do that? I mean, some yeah. people might say, that's great. Where are we going to end up? But yeah. Yeah. But, no. but yeah. for most people, yeah. yeah I mean, without, without clear, having a clear direction of where, we're, where we want to end up. And I think it's just so easy for people, you know, to, to just live in the, the moment. Yeah. You know, which. Yeah, I think clarity there is really important, right? Yeah. So to know exactly what that, yeah. that path to your goal is going to look like, you know, I, I would bet a number of our listeners experience the things that I know we experience in our business and all businesses tend to do is, you know, especially with a team, you've got multiple leaders in a room yes. and you're, you're all trying to go the same direction as Patrick Lencioni talks about. Yeah. You're all on the bus. You're all trying to go the same place. Uh, and, uh, but maybe, maybe everybody's goal is the same, but not everybody's path is the same. So I'm curious, Katie, you know, whenever you have a team environment and, you know, you've got two people in, in Russ's proverbial car over here on a road trip, and you've got one who says, we're going to make a stop every four hours. We're going to, you know, stop in these cities, and this is the planned out goal. And the other person's saying, look, the goal's the same, but, you know, I want to drive 18 hours a day, and I just want to push through, and I don't want to stop for anything. And, you know, how, how does a team come together around not just a, a you know, end destination or goal, but to, to set those intermediate goals if, if there's strife or disagreement on, on the path? Yeah, I mean, like, this is the season right now to be setting aside time to talk through all of that and map it out for the year and then knowing that there are going to be the disagreements, but then you go back to the conversation and you go back to, but this is what we said was important, and maybe you do have to adjust. But so you set, I mean, Lenciona is a great model where you have the two day. I mean, he says two days of setting those priorities, team building plus priority setting. Then you you literally look at it every month. Every month and you set a time and he has structure for those meetings. I mean, you can find all sorts of tools out there to support exactly what you're talking about. And then it's just a matter of you committing to it and, and rolling it out. And that could be your one thing, you know? That could be the thing that you think, if we do nothing else this year, we're gonna commit to a model of reviewing our goals and staying on track. I wanted to say one more thing that I thought of while we were talking. I think you can make this fun. Okay, like someone, I was at a soccer tournament this weekend and a friend who owns his own business, he said, you know, I have an accountability partner where I pay him. Every week if I haven't done, I'm not sure if it was every week, I'd have to get the details. But if I don't do my morning work, is what he called it, like my one thing, then I pay him. And they're like, in his business, they're kind of athletes and competitive and it, it just support. But it's he said that himself. And I don't know how much he's paying, but I thought, I mean, way to go. Way to commit. Me. I don't, right? I don't want to pay anybody <laughs> for my yes, <laughs> failure. Right. 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 
but I, I, there could be other things, you know, buy each other lunch yeah. or you, you know, yeah. I, but you can make it fun, I think is my point there on that, because the discipline, especially for someone like me, I get, oh, I don't want to have to stay consistent like that. Yeah. But if you can find little incentives, it can be big. So we made it through four, yes, points. four points. We're on to our last point. Yeah, what do you got? The last one I kind of added just because of what's been happening the last two years. The point is take control of your environment. And I think if there's ever a time where you're, you have the ability to think outside the box of what type of environment would support your best motivation, your best working conditions, you know, we don't all have complete freedom, but thinking about who in your life, whether it's friends, colleagues, the way you're situated in your office, who is supporting you and who is maybe taking energy away from you? Or what, um, is it the way, like if you work from home, is it the way your office is set up? Maybe you need to spend some time resituating to get better light or get your meals set up. But just in any way that you can commit to controlling your environment plays a big role in how you show up every day to get your job done or to get your business going. Um, and I think three years ago, we wouldn't have had as much ability to do that. But now there's just so many ways of working. No. So to say this is the way it's always been done doesn't cut it anymore, um, I right. think. What, I mean, what, what, do you all agree with that? As you're talking about kind of creating and controlling your environment, I, I, the first thing that I started thinking about was it's an, it's an expansion upon kind of the dress for success, right? So, I mean, you, you kind of create this this personal, I'm going to get up, get dressed, and, and, and dress for the job that I want. But we stop there oftentimes, right? So what is the environment that I need? So, I'm, so I got up, I got dressed, and I looked good, but the environment maybe not match, or, or the team environment that I've got doesn't match, or the people that are in the wrong places within my culture, culture or within right. my, my team aren't really setting us up for success. And... Um, you know, we take, and this happens all the time, but we take everything kind of as it is and the way it's always been. And I don't have the power or the authority or the, the control yeah. to change things. And I think that we do. I, I, I lean into a lot, you know, uh, you know, influence without authority. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that there are places in your life uh, or in your business where you don't have the authority to create the change that you want, but you do have the influence to do so. Uh, and so maybe maybe what are those things in which you can influence change and in your environment to create a healthier, better place for you to work or for you to thrive in your home life or, or whatever it is. And, and, and I think that that's we've got to, you know, go beyond just that one kind of dress for success and move beyond like our entire environment's got to be set up for success. You talked about environment, too, obviously, and you kind of alluded to it, you know, over the past couple of years our environment has changed significantly. Do you have any sense of, I mean, we're in an interesting time right now, obviously with the workforce and, you know, companies are just struggling to get people in the door and, and, and working for them. You know, talking about creating an environment, um, you know, that, that's kind of friendly. What do you kind of see the, the future of the work environment. Do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Can you kind of share what you, what you think is going to kind of help move the needle and help people, you know, because right now we, we, we've kind of got a, a spread of generations. So we still have a, a large number of baby boomers in the, in the industry working. 
Uh, and as they're starting to retire, you know, we're having less of them. But, but we do have a big gap of, of generational gap. And can you maybe just touch on a little bit of, of how you kind of created an environment that's inclusive of, of all generations, their styles? Yeah. No, I have, a, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I go into all these companies all the time. They're buildings. And what's fascinating in the last year is that they're all empty. So these big, like Calibra, for example, is a data analytics company in New York that I do a ton of work with. They have this incredible facility in um, the financial district of New York. Great atmosphere. You walk in. You feel right at home. The kitchen. It's all there. And then now no one's there. No one's there. And so they're all working from home, which, you know, there's pros and cons to that. So I think businesses, business owners, managers can no longer rely on, we have these great perks. We have a kitchen. We give, um, we have a gym. We have, I don't know, what would be on a smaller scale for here? But, you know, we have a great building. You can't rely on that. It's got to be that you're putting the time into the culture that we have good a good review system, that we have, um, we give good feedback, we tell people that we appreciate them, we set clear, concise targets. You know, we have all those things culturally that can work remotely or in person, which should have mattered all the time, but now they matter even more because what you're saying is there's no reason why I and Augusta can't apply it to a job now in Kansas City yeah. and work there. So why would I not do that when I see this culture that has nothing to do with physical location, any tangibles other than the intangibles of I have a great manager, I have a great idea of what I'm supposed to do, and I love showing up at work to work every day in my home office. Or I like going to work here in person, but those things still apply. I think the number one reason why people leave companies is because of their immediate manager. I really believe that. The shift in the workplace, I think, is going to be interesting to watch exactly how this plays out in the in the years to come, right? So the studies that will be done on on how this has really shifted. I'm of the opinion, at least at least now, that the shift that has occurred was only sped up by the pandemic. That this was something that, as, as Russ talked about, that there was baby boomers that are really at the tail end, right? So they're leaving. You've got your older Gen Xers who are near, nearing retirement. Um, and... That generation, it was the, I go to work for a company for 30 years, right. I value the building and the, and the physical assets there and the culture within the building. And we know that, um, especially your kind of younger millennials and your Gen Zers, that, they don't care about that kind of stuff, right? And technology was already pushing us to have the ability to do these kinds of things. And I, th I really thought over time, we would begin to see that shift. And, you know, certainly the COVID pandemic forced Slammed us it. into yeah. that. I'm I'm interested to see though over the next you know year or two or whatever, as the Augusta area and particularly where, where we work in Columbia County it, it has been fairly open for quite a while, but there are certainly other areas that aren't quite as receptive to the office work, uh, and so I'm curious to see some of those areas will will those workers migrate back, back. to the offices, yeah. and then will that shift of valuing those physical assets at the office and that kind of cool Google Facebook vibe with all the chefs and all that kind of stuff. Will that, will that happen again? I, I, I don't know. I think some of it might. Um, but, you know, this idea that the culture has to extend beyond um, yes. the physical yes. space that you're in and 
we, I think, as businesses are going to struggle to understand how to do that. Do you have any advice or any thoughts about, you know, your experience with other companies as to how businesses can, or individuals, managers, leaders can, can structure or can, you know, create an environment? We're talking about creating an environment, create an environment that's going to allow a culture to flourish that's not just because you're in the same building. Yeah, I have on my um, LinkedIn about me the section where I say that I still, you know, 15 years doing this, I marvel at walking in to a room where a manager is proactively taking advantage of time with his or her team and bringing a vulnerability to the conversation, getting to know one another, talking about what motivates each person, how can we get more out of you, what do we need, and just really digging into that conversation. And so I think it's just putting conversations like that as a priority, that that you think those things culturally should just work themselves out, or well, next week will be better. But you you have to put it as a priority. So I don't know if that's setting kind of a rhythm of, of meetings that where the agenda isn't what we have to get done today, but rather it's communication, it's where can we support each other more, asking, going around the table, saying, what have I done well, what do I need to do better? You can do that in your family, you know? So I think it's just putting time into the conversations, one-on-one, team-wise, and not just saying, not taking it for granted. We're, you know, social creatures, and we need and, and have to, I think, have to be with people, whether it's in person or in some other fashion. You know, I, I worry, though, that some of our businesses are going to struggle with that. I, I just saw, saw a uh, news article on a company in New York that had invited everybody uh, to come back to work. So they're all at their desks, but they're not having any meetings in person. So there was a picture, right, of, of this, like, cubicle farm, like, in this big office building in downtown New York City. And there's 50 people in this room, all of these cubicles, and they're all on Zoom, all Looking talking at to each, each other. other. Well, and, it's, and so I mean, yeah. that, that just, that, that kind, to me, that kind of culture just yeah. is like, that hybrid is going to be weird for people. Yeah. And I think it's going to force people to say, I just can't do this. Deal, deal. I know. When it's funny that you say that, because I, as a facilitator, insist on that. Everybody has to have the same interface. We can't have five people in the room and five people remote because you can't facilitate the conversation. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Because sometimes even people will be all in the same conference room and I'll say, everybody needs their own computer, you know? And then it's awkward, and but it's more awkward the other way. The hybrid is just messy. It's messy. And I hope that it'll eventually, you know, work itself out. But there's no good answer for that right now other than, if you're the lead, more of your time is spent on that. Less time on that doing, more time on the building. And that, I think for people that shift into management for the first time, that is a huge transition to know that you're not getting accolades anymore or really you shouldn't on what you're doing, but rather what you're building through other people. And that's a whole different mindset. We got through all five. Do you want to give a quick recap? Yeah. Okay. Think big. But then get specific. Point number two, by asking yourself the clarifying question, what's the one thing I could do to make everything else easier or unnecessary? Uh, Live by priority. The tactical point there is block your vacation if you do nothing else. Um, Goal set to the now. Taking your big specific idea and breaking it down to literally today. 
and then take control of your environment, which you're well set up to do right now. I think this conversation has been really fascinating and, and helpful to me personally, and I hope helpful to our listeners here on the ROI podcast. Um, uh, you know, we have asked every guest on this show um, the same question. We are range of influence, uh, which, Katie, for, for you, you, we started with ROI, right? So a lot of businesses talk about that return on investment. But we think one of the biggest return on investment is, is people. So what is, what is the influence? What is the range of influence that people are having both in their companies and on our community? Uh, and so what I want to ask you is the question we ask everybody is, uh, for you, who has been the biggest influence in your life? Um, family, friends, colleagues, uh, authors. You know, tell us some of that experience that you've gone through that has brought you to this point today. Okay, that's a good question. Big one. Um, Okay, <clears throat> I can break it down personally and professionally. I think personally, um, a grandmother, we called her Big Jane. She cooked for all 20, 25 of us every Sunday, 1 o'clock, Sunday dinner. You were not late for that. Um, and none of us would have missed it for anything. So she just set this tone of live by priority. She did that unbelievably so. Um, we knew her values by all her actions, and I admire that. And... I've had a hard time branching away from, but those aren't always my priorities. So I want to be just like her, but not going to be. So that's been a big um, process for me personally to go through. And then two, professionally, I've had two mentors. Um, and if we talk about the color energies that I work with a lot, one of them live, uh, has a lot of green energy where he literally taught me everything I know about facilitating powerful conversations and how the transitions are the key. Um, and just those little nuances. And so I watched him over and over. But when it came time to fly and go out on my own, um, another mentor led with red energy. And red energy is direct, go get her, not afraid to break some eggs to make an omelet. And she basically told me, you've got this. You're going to make some mistakes, and it's not going to be perfect, but it is time for you to go and not ask any more questions. And so that just has been so big for me, um, her voice. But couldn't have done it without the mentoring. So... I would say those two, those three people. Sounds like great uh, mentors and obviously, you know, family is, is huge. So one more thing, obviously, uh, if people have, have listened to uh, this and have been inspired and I don't know how they couldn't be uh, from this conversation, what's the best way that they can find out more about, about you and, and what you do? Yeah, I have a website, Dynamic Consulting, and that's dynamic with a K. Um, a little different. And then I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. Yeah, Instagram, LinkedIn, website. Love for people to look. And we'll put some of that in our show notes too, that they can look it up. So, uh, but Katie, we just really appreciate you, not only for the work that you you helped us as the organization, the chamber, go through our board retreat and kind of help us set that strategic plan for our next five years, but uh, for just coming in here today and kind of sharing your wisdom. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Well, as I said, I, I, I'm inspired too. Always, always take away com from a conversation. So thank you very much. Thank you, Katie.
Reagan, I don't know about you, but I think I've got a list of things that I need to work on for 2022. I mean, if you weren't inspired by that conversation, you know, we really need to have a conversation about, you know, what your, your goals and priorities are. That was really good. I mean, some really good nuggets to take away. Uh, some things that are easily uh, usable in your life, both in your kind of home life with your family and in your job. Uh I hope we can have her back on the podcast one day because I think there's so much that we can all learn from what she has to say. Yeah, we could have taken that that conversation a million different directions. I think um, you know each each of her five points probably could have been a, an entire episode. Yeah, those five points. Uh, I think one day for Katie will be a book or something like that. I mean, the the information that she shared today. Uh, is just so important for what we're doing, what we're doing through the chamber, what we're doing in our businesses, what we're doing in our lives. And so uh, I hope you and I, Russ, can take those to heart and to implement those in our lives. And and for our listeners, I think that that's something that uh, everybody should take seriously. Yeah, I think I know the one big takeaway for me is uh, schedule my vacations. And more of them. And more of them, yes, absolutely. Before we conclude, I want to make sure that we thank our listeners uh, especially going into the, uh, the new year. Uh, we just thank you for your support. And we also need to thank our presenting sponsor, Premier Networks, for their support as well, making this show possible. You can find them at AugustaITGuys.com. Again, that's AugustaITGuys.com. And if you like this podcast, please rate us. Give us five stars. And if you haven't yet, subscribe wherever you find your podcast. That's right, Reagan. And we will catch you on part two in our next episode of Range of Influence podcast. See y'all next time.